Welcome to Mastering Your Financial Life, hosted by Judy Heft, the founder and CEO of Judith Heft and Associates Financial and Lifestyle Concierge. This year, they're celebrating 26 years in business. In every episode, Judy interviews professionals who help others successfully manage their financial lives. You can find this show on YouTube, LinkedIn, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Judy is the author of two books, How to Be Smart, Successful, and Organized with Your Money, For a Better Today and Tomorrow, and her latest book, Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles, How to Successfully Manage Money in Every Decade of Life. You can read chapters of her books and catch prior episodes of this show at www.juditheft.com. Now here's the host of Mastering Your Financial Life, Judy Heft. Hey, everybody. Welcome, Brian. I'm so excited to have you as a guest today. Judy, it's great to, great to be on the show, and uh, it's good, always good to see you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. I feel the same way about you. So Brian Califano is the managing partner and co-founder of Accelerating CFO. And what that means is they're a um, fractional CFO that work with businesses. Sometimes they come in and just clean up things and do projects for them. Sometimes they stay longer, depending on what it is. But Brian, I'm going to turn that over to you and let you introduce yourself a little and tell us more about what you do and how you work. Thanks. Thanks, Judy. I appreciate it. So Accelerating CFO, we're a fractional CFO firm, and we focus on the uh, middle market uh, community, primarily companies between $1 million and $40 million in revenue. And we also uh, we work across a lot of industries, but we specialize in entertainment, media, and technology space. Uh, we help companies, uh, like you said, for various projects, all centered around the accounting and finance functions. And we stay on for as long as our clients will have us. So it's generally interim in nature. Uh, but there are many clients that stay with us for many years because of the comfort and the deliverables that we provide. Oh, that's great. So so how do you know if a client can use your services? How do you determine that after speaking with them? Yeah, um, great question. So there's three primary reasons why why companies will hire us. The, the, the primary reason is they want to great, gain greater transparency into their financial performance of their companies. So they most companies will have either a bookkeeper or their CPA accounting firm come in and do their reporting that they need. So they'll you know make sure that the monthlies are closed or quarterlies, or sometimes in an extreme case, just make sure that their annual reporting is done so they can file their taxes. But they can't really tell how they're doing in the middle of the year, or they can't tell how they're tracking against budget, or even if they have a budget. So we implement the policies and procedures for those companies so they can track their performance you know, using something called KPIs or key performance indicators. And they range from industry and they range by company. So it could be something as simple as gross margin and, you know, revenue to something maybe more complex mathematically, such as day sales outstanding for your AR or day sales outstanding in a uh, day's uh, payables outstanding, include, uh, excuse me, for your accounts payable. Or it could be the amount of inventory you have relative to your sales and everything in between. So we try to calculate it and benchmark against other companies so that they can get a good idea of how they're doing against those other companies. And um, and I mentioned earlier about budgeting and forecasting. Many, many entrepreneurs and small businesses don't have that policies in place right now. They manage, frankly, by the seat of their pants. And they can't afford to... Um, to, to do that. I mean, a lot of times they're intelligent what they do, what he or she does, but it's always reassuring to have mathematical or analytical uh, procedures behind you or, or facts behind you that you can rely upon to make decisions. So that's the primary reason. The second reason would be if companies are trying to raise funds either through the public or private placements of their debt and securities, 
Um, and, and as part of that process, they have to go through some some financial adjustments that they need to do, make sure they're in adherence with U.S. GAAP, as well as work with um, either the investment bankers or the finance companies that are helping them raise it. So they'll hire us to help them be the middleman or help them be the, the financial representative for those companies. And the third reason is through the um, acquisition or primarily disposition process. So companies that are seeking to sell, for example, a, a family-owned business who was anticipating a son or daughter taking over the business, and it turns out not to be that way, will turn to us and say, I got to get ready to sell this business. How do I put myself in the best light? So we'll help them prepare for that um, performance, uh, key performance indicators, preparing a three-year, five-year business plan, et cetera. So those are the three big reasons why companies would hire us. And, and that's usually signs that uh, they could use a company like ours. Well, so that's great to know. That's helpful information, Brian. So one of the things I struggle with, and maybe, you know, you can help me with this a little bit. I can pick your brain while we're here. Sure. How do you figure out what the KPIs are? That's one of the things that, especially for bookkeepers, like how do I know what to have them? Look well, for, or what am I looking for? Yeah, I would say that, you know, for companies, it, it all a lot of it depends on the company themselves, and it's as unique as the individuals that are running the company. So mm -hmm. there are certain industries that that lend itself to certain uh, lend themselves to certain uh, KPIs. So, for example, you know, a retailer will want to know how much day, days uh, of inventory they have on the shelves to make sure that they're not their inventory isn't getting too stale or they're not turning over something more frequently. Um, you'll have a a company in the service and the, prof the professional services like you and I provide. You know, a big thing for us is billable rates. What's the average blended billable rates per month? And trying to figure out that. Uh, is an important factor for us. You know, there's always the standards, like I said earlier, about revenue, top line and bottom line is important. Um, the concept of EBITDA, which, you know, uh, is a fancy word for earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. And the purpose of that metric is primarily used if companies are trying to sell, because most times uh, companies will be have their valuation based upon some kind of multiple of that number. And that, that ranges by, by industry as well. And the other thing, too, is that there is a lot of metrics that we use that aren't necessarily financial in nature. So, for example, um, sometimes you'll see a metric that says, you know, what's my revenue per employee and why is mm -hmm. that important? So there's two reasons. Number one, you want to make sure that that's a productivity uh, metric that people use to kind of gauge how they are, how they're, how they're doing as, as in reference to other people. But the other thing that's also important is that they can figure out what your staffing is like. So, for example, if your revenue per employee is trends on the higher side in your industry, it may indicate, yeah, maybe I'm efficient, but it also can indicate maybe I'm burning my employees too much. Maybe I need to add a per, a, an employee or two to bring that standard down, which would make it, you know, maybe a lower metric. However, it may uh, lead to longer term results that will have happier employees and ultimately more productive employees. So, um, you know, we try to do financial and sometimes factor in non-financial metrics as well to kind of give an overall blend for how a company is performing and where they want to, where their due north is, if you will, that I try to say to my, my clients. How do you calculate revenue by employee? How does that figure it out? So you um, first, um, for obviously the revenue side of things would be how much cash is generated by the business. So that'd be the primary uh, metric that you use. And if they have divisions, for example, uh, we'll, we'll take the, we'll parse out the revenue by division. Um, so if it's one, two, three divisions or product lines, we'll try to do it by that as well. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing is we'll take the employees or the full-time equivalent. So sometimes companies have people that use full-time employees, which is, you know, relatively easy to track. That'll be on a, an employee run or it'll be on a payroll uh, register that you have. But I also try to factor in consultants. So, for example, like myself, if I'm brought in, 
I'll say, well, if I work, let's say I bill 40 hours a month and it's a 160 hour work week or 100, yeah, 160 hour work week to make the math easy, 40 divided by 160 mm-hmm. is 0.25. So I'll actually add that 0.25 in the metric of figuring out how efficient a company is. Um, why do I do that? Because I want them to understand that, you know, if we're trying to get them to a point where they use a full-time CFO, you want to make sure that they that you're giving them the most complete metric possible. Because mm-hmm. if you're not including a quarter of a person like myself, you're going to inflate the number and make them feel that they're doing better than really what they are in that example. Yeah, I'm sure that's a problem with some people too, because then you see those inflated numbers and you get excited and then they're not. Yeah, really exactly, yes. It's hard right? to talk them off the ledge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what are some threats or, you know, or the biggest threat that are things that are facing entrepreneurs today? I mean, there's so much craziness going on out there. Yeah, there is. And I think the first thing I do is, uh, you know, I, I always tell people, and I, and I try to practice this every day as, as the owner of a company myself is, you know, focus on the positive, focus on the here and now, and don't try not to look too far out. And because if you look at too much of the zaniness and read too much news, uh, you might get, you know, it might drive yourself so anxious that you can't do anything. But, you know, over the past few months, I've been preaching to my clients and um, in my blogs and in my appearances such as this is that. Inflation and high interest rates are at unprecedented levels. And as entrepreneurs, even if you've been in business for as long as we have, it's still not levels that we've seen in the past 20 or 30 years. And, you know, that monetary policy is shifting. I mean, we've had a lot of unprecedented things occur, right, which, you know, quantifies reasons for inflation, the PPP money, the pandemic, uh, now we have uh, you know conflict over in, in the Ukraine, so there's multiple things that are impacting it. But again, trying to keep it to the here and now. What I've been preaching is that number one, with inflation, there's two impacts, right? There's also how you price to your customers and how you price how you get prices from your suppliers or your manufacturer. So what I've been trying to preach since the beginning of the year is try to negotiate projects now so you can earn savings with the idea that eventually uh, the prices were going to go up, and make sure you have a diversified supply chain because there's so many things going on in the world right now that if you know if if you can't get a particular component that's vital to your business or that's vital to the products you're producing you're going to end up being in a rut for several months and i've had clients that unfortunately have had that happen to them and it's impacted their sales adversely so diversifying yourself that way that's how one way you can take care of the inflation on the pricing side you got to look at what you're doing at your clients and see how much flexibility you have i think the the acceptance right now is that prices are higher. So I think there's a certain amount of right now of acceptance of, of pricing, but there's a certain level where you're going to end up seeing a collapse in your demand and you don't want to have that happen. So we're trying to preach that as well. Well, you the don't second, want to price yourself out of the market either. You want to do, you know, you want to price it right. You want to make money, of course, being a business, but you want to be fair. Exactly. You want to be competitive. Yeah, you want to make sure you benchmark against what's going on in the marketplace. And it's important that you see what's happening out there and that you're not either leaving money on the table or to your point, you know, losing customers to to your competitors because they're they're pricing and and have a better fault for what the consumer is willing to accept. My father father told me that you can't sell bread from empty shelves. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, and and that's happening in a lot of cases. Right. I mean, there's uh, there's too many of that out there. But the, the other big thing I've been preaching to my to the entrepreneurs and my clients is higher interest rates, right? So over the past 60 days, we've seen, you know, the prime rate or the Fed Reserve rate move 125 basis points. 
And that's, again, more than most thing, uh, most increases have been over the past 10 collective years or before that. So, and there's more to come given the, the direction of what the Fed is saying. So what I've been telling my clients previous to these jumps is, hey, if you don't have a, some mobility in your liquidity, you know, if you don't have a, a line of credit, if you don't have a loan and you're thinking about it, now is the time to do it and make sure that you give yourself flexibility because with that higher interest rates, it becomes more costly to borrow money against it. So if you need it, go get it. If you don't need it, then I guess that's fine, but you want to have some kind of flexibility in place. So Mm -hmm. um, while it still goes up and, you know, if if people think, oh, well, I've missed the boat. Well, maybe I haven't, but it it maybe it wasn't as good as it was say two months ago, but it's not, it's probably going to be worse in the next couple of months in the sense of the interest rates going higher. So, if you are thinking about getting a loan and you know now is the time to do it and to think about it smartly and wisely. But even though I was just listening that, you know, interest rates are going up, you know, think about what they were quite a few years ago. They were up to 12% and we thought, oh my God. And then, you know, they were up to 15. And then when they went down to five and 10, you know, we thought, wow, this is really cheap money. And then they were two and three. And, you know, yeah. so now when we're back up to five, I guess, you know, it's not as bad as we think it is comparatively to where it could go. Right. I mean, yeah, hundred. yes, that's correct. And I think historically, they're still at low rates. I just think right. that if you look at, the, like you said, the recent history, you know, people have started business about three or four years ago, let's say they, we've had we've 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 endured or I shouldn't say endure, but we've enjoyed uh, a relatively low interest rate environment, mm-hmm. which we've been able to take advantage of for many, many people. And that ranges from, you know, in the consumer world, refinancing and even buying homes to, you know, credit card expenses being lower because you don't have as much um, outstanding expense. So what you pay down is lower. Uh, it goes more to principal. So there's lots of benefits to having a low interest rate. So, well, now with the higher interest rate, some of those benefits are going to shrink. So it's important to to understand that, you know, whereas debt was the first and primary answer, maybe it's not so much anymore. Or don't take as much because it's going to be a little bit more costly than it would have been in the recent past. Yeah. And I think as entrepreneurs, we have to be proactive. We have to be sometimes be a little bit of a risk taker, you know, to plan that way. You know, I think that's one of the advantages of being an entrepreneur. You have to be a little bit of a gambler and a risk taker, as I call it. That's the nature. That's the nature of what we do. Right. We take we we take risks, but we think that we're going to come on the other side stronger. And, you know, hopefully they're calculated. But this is good. So I'm going to take a little break now and then we'll come back and we'll talk some more for another few minutes. Thank you. Brian. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Judy. Hey there. I'm Judy Heft, founder and CEO of Judith Heft and Associates, financial and lifestyle concierge, celebrating 26 years in business. Woohoo. On the financial side, we help clients simplify their lives with daily money management and bookkeeping services. On the lifestyle side, we take away that tedious and ever-procrastinated to-do list and get every chore accomplished with finesse. You can find my recent book that I co-authored with our CFO, Liz Levy, Mastering Your Financial Life Cycles, on our website at judithheft.com slash book. This simple, straightforward guide is intended to help you make the best financial decisions at every stage of life. If you're ready to upgrade your financial literacy and become interested in your financial journey, this book is a must read. You can find both of our books on Amazon. I can be reached at judy at judithf.com or 
978-978-1858. Of course, you can always check us out on our website, judithheft.com. That's J-U-D-I-T-H-H-E-F as in Frank T.com. I look forward to hearing from you. Enjoy the show. Welcome back. Hi, Brian. So you know what I wanted to ask you? We, you know, we covered a lot of ground. So how did you decide to get into this business? I know that you're a CPA, you have your MBA in finance, and now you have another business which incorporates all those wonderful things that you learned all those years. And why did you decide to switch? Yeah, uh, it feels like a, it feels like uh, several decades ago, and yet at the same time, it feels like yesterday. Um, so prior to me starting, prior to starting this company, uh, I was work. I was a senior finance exec at a number of well-known names such as uh, uh, Viacom and McGraw Hill companies, uh, the National Hockey League for all the hockey fans out there. Um, and uh, right before I started my company, I took a company public called SFX Entertainment. And as part of that job, what I was, what I, my primary role was, besides dealing with the SEC and, and filings and such, I worked with a bunch of companies that we were purchasing that were between the 10 million and 40 million in revenue. And they were paid basically, you know, SFX Entertainment is uh, for, for those that, that listen to electronic dance music, like people like Skrillex and, uh, and David Getter um, and others like them, the, the DJs, if you will, with, that's on the computers. We purchased a bunch of, of ancillary businesses in the space, consolidated it, and spun it public. So my primary role was working with the companies that we were purchasing or about to purchase and understanding their business so that I could translate it to, you know, SEC documents, et cetera. And one thing that I, I, I was amazed about, because I, I was in the ivory tower at the other places that was so long that I never really got into the meat and potatoes of what a, of a, what a business person does. So when I was talking with these individuals for the first time in my life, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. You know, they were learning from me in terms of like what kind of data we needed, documents, you know, poly, you know, the, what I would call the boring accounting stuff. And I was learning from them, like how you run your business, like what's your drivers, what's me, you know. And I was amazed that that these guys really didn't have a finance person like me at their helm because they were kind of doing it by the seat of their pants or they were relying on their their accountant that would come in once a year to basically say, all right, well, here's your receipts. You know, they'd hand the, the, the shoebox and say, yeah, here's, here's everything sorted out for me. So after we went public, I got inspired to kind of like, well, why is there no person like me helping these companies? You know, everybody, you know, it's commonplace in larger companies, but for the, for the real driver of, of job growth and, and, and wealth in the middle class, if you will, nobody was helping them learn what I learned. And um, after I was doing a bunch of research at the time, I realized, well, maybe because nobody thought of it. So I started going out there. And once we went public, I left and I started this company with, uh, you know, I'm the co-founder of it, like you mentioned earlier, with a, a friend and colleague of mine who we came from a similar background, worked in a lot of the same companies. And we, and we came to the same conclusion separately, believe it or not. We said, hey, let's do this. So we, we put all our chips in the middle of the table and we just started this company from scratch. And uh Kissed a lot of babies and shook a lot of hands the first year or two, and and, and now, uh, you know, we have a uh, you know what I think is a pretty a pretty good business that's helping, you know, entrepreneurs and small business owners, you know, really drive their finances because this is the biggest thing that most company entrepreneurs will do, right? This is the biggest thing they'll ever invest in. So, it's an honor and a privilege to work with them and help them, you know, refine their business and and get lend them the skills that I learned working at the larger companies, the Fortune 500 companies of the world, taking that same methodologies 
and applying it to a business segment that's mostly ignored from that same segment, that same exposure of financial acumen. Well, this is so great, Brian. I'm so glad that I met you. You know, we met about, well, about a year or so ago, but I think it was about three years ago when I first heard the uh, the term fractional CFO, and I didn't even really know what it meant. And I was thinking, wow, is this what I need? Where do I go with it? But, you know, I didn't end up going that direction. <laughs> but I think it's so helpful because, you know, I'm a finance person. I have a bookkeeping business, so I understand numbers probably more than yeah. other entrepreneurs that are doing other things. And so for me, you know, I get I have a better handle on it. But I think it's a really important uh, thing for someone to have in their, you know, in their company, have someone like you, because it's expensive to bring in a full time CFO. And this way you're there when they need you. So, yeah, thank you for, you know, joining me. So lastly, how can people find you? Where do they get to see you? Absolutely. Um, So you can you can email me directly at Brian at Accelerating CFO, A-C-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-I-N-G, CFO.com. You can email with any questions. Um, you can also reach us at um, at LinkedIn. You can also look up Brian Califano and you can find me there. Um, in terms of, in, um, excuse me, in Twitter, you can at Accelerating CFO. We post occasionally on there. And our website, Accelerating, really creative, Accelerating um, and for all the listeners and for all the listeners who are listening today, one of the things we offer for every any prospect or any per- person that comes to us is a free diagnostic on their business. So to your point, Judy, you know, yes, well, you're very humbly said and I, I, I haven't had several conversations with you. You're definitely very financially savvy. and You help many, many people with your books and with your guidance. So, you know, you're definitely on the upper end of financial knowledge. But for those who are unsure. Um, about whether or not a fractional CFO makes sense, reach out to me. I'd be happy to do a free diagnostic on your business, um, review it. See, I will tell you what I see is good things that you're doing, or potentially uh, pitfall, you know, shortfalls, or potential pitfalls that we can help you try to avoid. So, uh, just mention, you know, in the email, just mention you listen to me here on uh, on mastering your financial life here with Judy, and uh, I would be happy to help you guys out. Oh, that's so great, Brian. Thank you. I love that you offer that free consultation. We do the same. I think it's important for people. So, yeah. So this is great. So thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to uh, seeing more of you. Thank you, Judy. Thanks for having me. And thanks for everybody for listening. It was a pleasure. Yeah, it was really helpful. I think you probably helped a lot of people. I know I learned some things from you today, too, which was great. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. You've been listening to Mastering Your Financial Life, hosted by Judy Heft. Thank you for your positive reviews, comments, and sharing this show with others. You can read chapters of Judy's books and catch prior episodes of Mastering Your Financial Life at www.judithheft.com.